Old Testament passage today picks up with Numbers chapter 14, beginning with verse 39. Moses has just told the people of Israel they're not going into the promised land. Everybody above the age of 20 is going to die in the next 40 years in the wilderness. That is the consequences of their decisions. Their fear caused them to rebel against God. And 10 of those 12 spies died of a plague before the Lord. When Moses told these words to all the people of Israel, the people mourned greatly. All right, So there, there is, I would not call this repentance. This is not repentance. This is regret. Now, the difference between repentance and regret <laughs> is change. The difference is change. When people repent, they change. When people regret, they're just sorry about something that they did. But that's not change. They arose early in the morning and went up to the height of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We will go to the place that the Lord promised, for we have sinned. All right. Now, again, notice, this is regret. This is regret, not repentance. See, repentance would have said, we've sinned against God, we want to do the will of God, we want to obey God. But this is not repentance. This, this is regret. And Moses said, why, are you, why now are you transgressing the command of the Lord when that will not succeed? See, you've got to understand regret and repentance. And, and let me just make this really big up here for you, all right? Regret does not equal repentance. Now, you, you just need to get a hold of that truth. Regret does not equal repentance. It is a different animal altogether. He said, do not go up. Why? For the Lord is not among you, lest you be struck down before your enemies. For there the, there the Amalekites and the Canaanites are facing you, and you shall fall by the sword. Because you have turned back from following the Lord, the Lord will not be with you. He said, you know, rebellion does not carry the presence. And this is something that you got to get a hold of today. Rebellion does not carry the presence. He said, God's not going with you. God does not follow you into your disobedience and rebellion. Now, brothers and sisters, these are, these are immense truths that you've got to get a hold of in your life. Regret and repentance are totally different animals. Because you regret something, you want to go and, and try to make it right, but you haven't changed the core issue of your heart yet, which is fear and rebellion. And he, Moses said, listen, you've turned back. You have turned back from following the Lord. Now, this is what you got to get a hold of. This is why it is not, it does not equal repentance. And, and get a hold of this. Rebellion does not carry the presence. You going and doing something because you regret not doing something, that's not going to carry the presence. And you need the presence for victory. But they presume to go up. This is the difference between Presumption does not equal faith. 
They presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, although neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. Moses said, I'm not going. <laughs> nope. Moses said, I'm not going. And the ark is not going. God's, the glory will not go with you. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. Chapter 15, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come to the land you are to inhabit, which I am giving you, Here's the promise. Here's the promise. And you offer to the Lord from the herd or from the flock a food offering or a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or a freewill offering at your appointed feast to make a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then he, and notice there's a vow here because there are vows that we make to the Lord. Then he who makes his offering shall offer to the Lord a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hen of oil. And you shall offer with the burnt offering or the sacrifice a quarter of a hen of wine for the drink offering for each lamb. Or for a lamb you shall offer a grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a third of a hen of oil. And for the drink offering you shall offer a third of a hen of wine, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And when you offer a bull as a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or for peace offerings to the Lord. Then you shall offer with the bull a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with a half a hen of oil. And you shall offer for the drink offering half a hen of wine as a food offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Thus it shall be done for each bull or ram and for each lamb or young goat. As many as you offer, you shall do the same with each, as many as they are. And every native Israelite shall do things in this way. You should do things in this way. In an offering, a food offering, which is pleasing, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And if a stranger is sojourning among you, or anyone who is living permanently among you, and he wishes to offer a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord, he shall do as you do. So, same rules. God, God is no bigotry. Well, I call it no prejudice with God. No prejudice with God. Okay. Now, I want you to see something. God allowed non-Jews to offer sacrifices of worship. Ah. Oh. oh. So all this stuff in Paul's day about a Gentile not even be allowed on the temple courts. Yeah, that's all man-made stuff. God allowed foreigners to offer sacrifices hmm. for the assembly there should be one statute for you and for the stranger there's no prejudice who sojourns with you a statute forever throughout your generations you and the sojourner shall be alike before the lord notice god said i love israel and they're my chosen people but god said i'm not prejudiced against anybody else either now, you, you've got to get a hold of this. Even in the law of Moses, prejudice is removed. Even in the law of Moses, these things were to be for more than the Jews. One law and one rule shall be for you and for the stranger who sojourns among you. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land to which I bring you, and when you eat the bread of the land, you shall present a contribution to the Lord. 
Of the first of your dough you shall present a loaf as a contribution, like a contribution from the threshing floor, so you shall present it. Some of your first of your dough you shall give to the Lord as a contribution throughout your generations. But if you sin unintentionally, now notice there's a difference between intentional sin and unintentional. But if you sin unintentionally and do not observe all these commands that the Lord has spoken to Moses, all the Lord has commanded you by Moses from the day that the Lord gave the commandment and onwards throughout your generations. And if it was done unintentionally, without the knowledge of the congregation, all the congregation shall offer one bull from the herd for a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma to the Lord, with its grain offering, its drink offering, according to the rule, and one male offering for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for all the congregation for the people of Israel, and they shall be forgiven, because it was a mistake. And they have brought their offering, a food offering to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their mistake. And all the people and all the congregation of the people of Israel shall be forgiven. And the stranger who sojourns among them, because the whole population was involved in the mistake. Now again, notice there's no prejudice with God and the stranger. If one person sins unintentionally, he shall offer a female goat, a year old, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement before the Lord for the person who makes a mistake when he sins unintentionally. To make atonement for him, and he shall be forgiven. You shall have one law for him who does anything unintentionally, for him who is native among the people of Israel, and for the stranger who sojourns among you. Again, we keep driving this in. No prejudice. But the person who does anything with a high hand, now that means arrogance, all right? People who just arrogantly, willfully do it. Whether he is a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people. Now, folks, there's a difference between people who just mess up and people who just sit down and figure out, I'm going to do it, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. Because he has despised the word of the Lord and broken his commandment, that person shall be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be on him. While the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him in custody because it had not yet been made clear what should be done to him. And the Lord said to Moses, The man shall be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. And all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death with stones as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. When you go to Israel, you'll see Orthodox Jews do this to this day. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and to remember all the commandments of the Lord, to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. Wow. So the purpose of reminders, the purpose of reminders is because, you know what, our own heart will lead us astray. Our own eyes will lead us astray. And so we are reminded by these little things that we keep in our life. I had a friend years ago, and he wore one of these. Do you remember when the, 
the the smart watches first began to come out long before you know long before iWatches and long before you know Samsung watches and long before Fitbits and things like that there was a Casio and he had this little steel Casio you used to get to buy them in Harrison Plaza he had this little steel Casio and it was set to go off every 15 minutes and it was kind of irritating sometimes because ding, 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 15 minutes later, ding, ding, ding. And finally, I said, what is that for? He said, to remind me to pray. Every 15 minutes, he wanted to spend a few moments in prayer. I said, well, you haven't been doing sitting here talking to me, so let's pray. <laughs> okay, I like to pray too. Now, there are things that we set as reminders in our life. God had them do a tassel with a blue cord, a cord of blue, on the corners of their garments. And again, if you go with us to Israel, you'll see these on the Orthodox Jews, especially in Jerusalem. You'll see the white cords hanging down with the little blue cords, little tassels hanging down off the sides of their garments. They do that to remember to obey the commandments of God. And you shall remember to do all my commandments and be holy, before, and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. And notice he said, I brought you out to be your God. He said, I didn't bring you out to let you just go destroy yourself. I bought, brought you out to have a relationship. Now, remember that Egypt in the Bible is a type or a symbol of sin. So God looks at you and I today and says, I brought you out of sin to be your God. He said, I didn't bring you out of sin for you to just keep destroying your life. I brought you out of sin to be your God. He wants a relationship with you, brothers and sisters. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to obey him. He wants you to follow him. Amen. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Oh! 
Our New Testament passage today picks up in Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Jesus has died. He's been laid in the tomb. Verse 1. When the Sabbath had passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Because remember, these tombs, let me get a blue one up here. These tombs would have looked something like this, and then there was kind of like a, a gutter here, and a big stone like this, and it would be rolled over until the stone was here, blocking the entrance of the tomb. And it, it would be hard to roll the stone away. It would take several men to do this. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. This was an angel. So this angel looked like a young man. He said to them, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And he turned and showed it to them. Now, Jesus then, he died, he rose, and he's gone. So there, there is no such thing about he didn't really physically die. He, he, he maybe went into a coma and then came back. Okay. He said, but go tell his disciples and Peter. Here's that special mention. Because remember, Peter is in this time of sifting. That he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, now, brothers and sisters, how many times did Jesus tell them that he would die, he would rise on the third day, and he would go to Galilee? How many times did he teach them this? So my question to you is, why were they not all sitting outside of, a, out of the tomb with a little fire waiting for Jesus to rise from the dead? Grief makes you forget the promises. Grief makes you forget the promises. What they saw with the sufferings of their Savior was a horrible thing. And sometimes when you see things like that, it, it makes you forget. And they went out and fled the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seen them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. <laughs> you know, it must really, it must really irritate these preachers who don't believe in women in ministry to see something like that. The first person that the resurrected Savior appeared to was a woman. The first woman who preached, the first person who preached the resurrection, notice she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. The first preacher of the resurrection was a woman. The first person entrusted with the message of the resurrection was a woman. <laughs> 
But when they heard, the, heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. A woman believed and the men did not. Now, ladies, just look at the irony of that, okay? After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them. These were the guys on the road to Emmaus, okay? As they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Now, notice a theme. They wouldn't believe the women, and they wouldn't believe these two men. And afterwards, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had arisen. Now, this is the apostles. Now, now brothers and sisters, sometimes you're just going to have to understand. Even great men of God get into unbelief and hardness of heart. <laughs> I'm sorry. These are the apostles who had walked with Jesus and been trained by Jesus. Sometimes the women believe quicker than the men. And he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Now, you know how I keep reading to you from Moses' law in the first part? and there was no prejudice, and God wanted the Gentiles to worship him also, go into all the world. Jesus taught the Gentile salvation. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation, to every man. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, I love this, and these signs shall accompany those who believe. Number one, in my name they will cast out demons. Number two, they will speak in new tongues. Number three, they will pick up serpents with their hands. And number four, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Number five, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the signs that follow those who believe in Jesus. In his name, we cast out demons. Every one of you is a believer in Jesus. Every one of you can cast out demons. In his name, they will speak in new tongues. Now, I know there are people who think that tongues is of the devil, but Jesus said we'll speak in new tongues. Ah, he's, he's foretelling, okay? He's talking about Pentecost. He's already telling them. Pentecost. And he, he didn't put a time span on this, all right? These signs shall accompany those who believe. There's, there's, no, there's no, no expiry date, okay? There's no expiry date on this. Well, you know, that was just for the first, the first uh, generation of the church. No. If you believe, cast out demons, speak in new tongues. Number three, pick up serpents with their hands. Now, there are some weird people, believe it or not, who take this verse, and they literally, as a demonstration of their faith, they will get into a, a pit with a bunch of snakes and pick them up to show that they have faith, that they are a believer in Jesus. Now, that's, that's just weird. But you know, on the other hand, you see this fulfilled in Paul's day, when he cast the, 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 the sticks that he had gathered under the fire on the island of Malta. And a snake bit him, and everybody thought he was going to die, and he just shook it off into the fire. If they drink any deadly poison, 
people are going to try to poison believers. Jesus knew the persecution that was coming. But then I like the last one also. They lay hands on the sick and they, re- they shall recover. Now notice, it did not say they lay hands on the sick and there's an instant miracle. It said they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Some of you right now in your homes, you need to be laying hands on those sick children. Young people, you need to be laying hands on your sick brothers and sisters or your sick parents. And God says when we lay hands on people, they will recover. Now that means the power of that thing will be broken and strength and health will begin to flow back in them. They'll live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. You need to learn the ministry of laying out of hands of the sick. And every believer should do this. So then, the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down. He's finished. It's all done. Everything that needed to be done for salvation is done. Sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them, number two, and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. There's miracles. When you preach the good news of Jesus, God will confirm the message with signs and wonders. Now, you, you preach a bunch of nonsense, there's no miracles. But when you preach the message, God will work, and, and I, just, I just absolutely love this, God will work with you. Last Friday night, we laid hands on Pastor Edrich and sent her out to Isabella. I fully expect miracles to be happening up there. Fully expect miracles. Pastora Sarah going down in, into Romblon. I fully expect miracles. See, God will work with them as they preach the good news of Jesus. Now, not as they preach goofiness, but as they preach the good news, not hellfire, judgment, and condemnation, but as they preach the good news, the message of Jesus, Jesus will work with them. And Jesus will confirm the message with signs and wonders. Ah, that's good stuff. Very quickly, let's get a little bit of wisdom in here now. Proverbs 13, beginning with verse 14 through 17. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. That one may turn away from the snares of death. Okay? Now, turn away. So as you listen to wisdom, you avoid traps. There's traps in life that will separate you from God. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Wow. I like the new living down here. A person with good sense is respected. When you have good sense, people respect you, but people who are treacherous, they're just destructive, deceitfully destructive. That's their ruin. Well, you know, God's called us to bring destruction. Ah, That's not the anointing that was on Jesus. Every prudent man acts with knowledge. I like that. But a fool flaunts, a fool flaunts his folly. Now, now, now look, at to, look at down here in that new living. Wise people think before they act. There's a wow. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. A fool just, remember, fools, fools love, fools are loud, okay? Fools are loud. 
You know, they're, 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 they're the Facebook loud ones. They're the Twitter loud ones. They're the loud ones in every room. Fools are loud. And you know what? They brag. Fools are loud and proud. <laughs> a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. You want to be careful. Have you ever noticed, have you ever played that game where you have two, two, two teams and you have 10 people in each line and you whisper something in their ear and you see how close it is at the end of the line to what was really said at the beginning? And it's hysterical how badly it changes. Now, you're going to have to understand something. You have to be very careful who you ask to carry a message because the condition of the heart, the condition of the heart affects the carrying of a message. When a person's heart is wicked, they hear things very differently. When a person's heart is faithful and good, they hear things very differently how a wicked messenger would repeat something and how a faithful messenger would repeat something is very different. The condition of the heart affects the recounting or the repeating of a message. So you, you have to make sure that if you, if you want good news brought to somebody, you find somebody who has a good heart because when they repeat the message, it'll come out good. But when, when a wicked person hears something, every time it gets told, it gets worse. Oh, great wisdom. All right. We're going to see you tonight as we get back into the book of Romans. See you at 7 o'clock tonight.